Howdy, folks. Welcome to Season 2, Episode 4 of Undrafted and Unedited Tales of the Glory Days, where, like per usual, we're going to be talking sports, specifically hockey, have some special guests, and also reminisce on those good old glory days. Joining us back from his long trek in the Japan Cup with a couple sore ribs, Abe Wavs. How's it going, man? I'm so happy to have you back after the one-game absence of the, the Fettuccine-Alfredo incident. How you feeling? Tell us what's going on. What's up, my brother? Yeah, you know, I'm podcast fresh coming off uh, the Gillies picks where I was absent. I'm not sure if I got suspended for the Fettuccine Alfredo or if I got healthy scratched. Either way, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I listened to the episode with uh, with Lloyd Mann and Gilly and yourself and I had a, a few good laughs. So definitely. Yeah, Gilly, they did a good job, eh? And, and Lloyd Mann did a good little fill-in job. I think I threw him on his heels with the first chirp in the first 10 seconds, but he rebounded pretty good and, and had a couple sizzlers himself. Yeah, I think you're the Babcock of podcasts, just doing mental warfare, oh, man. early mental warfare I, on our on our new guest, just giving it to him. Seriously, I feel like that was my signature since the beginning. I've been I've been at least uh, nailing the first question with a little dig, a little chirp. But uh, yeah, like I said, I, I think it kind of surprised him, but... A quick bounce back with the Marc-Andre Fleury comment, which I thought was hilarious, saying that he was still in Pittsburgh. Uh, so that was pretty good. And and yeah, we had a good time, but we definitely missed you. Yeah, he, that was good stuff. That was really quite funny. But yeah, as far as uh, at Japan, we're coming off the midseason tournament, which I guess is the equivalent of the Pol- Polish Cup and, and these things like that. Uh, or the NBA tournament yeah, what's, that they've been this doing. Is, is this just a new thing now? Everybody wants to do like Yeah, it's a new thing. Tournaments? Yeah, it's hilarious all the memes now because the Lakers won. So like like the LeBron goat things, you know, are, are firing back up over MJ. Now he's got this uh this in tournament ring that Michael Jordan does not have, so it gives him the let up leg up on the, the goat goat status. Uh but yeah, anyways, midseason tournament seems to be a thing. Yeah, yeah, this is crazy. It's what an absolute shit show of a weekend. Like I have, I was writing this stuff up yesterday because <clears throat> I keep notes in my phone as things happen, and then I I wrote it up yesterday so I can be ready for today. And I was just, this is ridiculous, man. A wild, wild weekend. Um, before I jump to that though, actually, super exciting stuff. Uh, the Dupuy clan is actually on a flight on their way to Japan right now. So, we no got, way. We got Papa Dupes and Mama Dupes. They're in the air as we speak, and they're going to be landing in Tokyo uh, later today. So, going to be that's able, hilarious. Yeah, going to be able to spend Christmas. We with should them. get them on the pod, a whole family Holy pod. Cow, what, how hilarious would that? That be? would be absolutely hilarious. So I was just joking. I was joking around with Dupes. I'm like, yeah. Uh, Papa Dupes is going to try to get a Gabe's slice of Gabe's Zaw through security for, for Dupes. <laughs> <laughs> Dupes is like, do you want my parents to bring anything? I'm like, no, no, I'm good. Like I got everything I need. And I was just laughing because for those that know Dupes, he's he lo- like Gabe Zaw is, is his forte. He'll be at your house. Like you'll just be chilling, watching a hockey game. And he's just like, I'm ordering Gabe's. Gabe's is coming. <laughs> and his other thing is Gatorade. And they don't have Gatorade in uh, in Japan. Really? Yeah, so we got here and the first thing Dupes was like, they don't have fucking Gatorade. And they didn't have Gatorade no. in, in Poland either. So yeah, it's uh so when he landed last year, he told his dad to pick him up from the airport with Gabe Zaw and a blue the the icy blue Gatorades. And that was his, <laughs> his return home. So I just picturing uh Papa Dupes at security here with a uh, carry-on full of, of just Gabe Zaw and Gatorade for dupes and uh, them just being like, yeah, be you, hilarious. You, you can't bring this. Um, 
But actually, we were laughing because in South Korea, they had Gatorade. So we showed up to the game and there was Gatorades in the room for us. And I've never seen Dupes more fired up in his life to see a Gatorade. Sitting. Did he snipe? Did he pot three that night or what? No, no dude. He had like Is that the Gatorades. time he pumped that guy's tires though? Yeah, he did pump, pump that guy's. Bam, 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 bam. Because he was jacked up on sugar. He had four Gatorades before the game. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, so we're going to have them and, and we're going to travel around for Christmas and a little taste of home. So I'm excited for that. That is awesome, man. Good for you. Good for you. Yeah. So the midseason tournament, did you want to talk about that? I know we had a couple things locked and loaded. It's been about, uh, what, three, four weeks since we've done the J- Japan update. So I told you, let's pick the two or three top ones, the top stories. Uh, does that make the cut or do we got some other stuff no, uh, no, that, for, for you to share? That makes us? the cut. I also have a, po- it makes a cut. I also have a Polish update, which is crazy. Oh, um, retro, retro night. Yeah, I want to talk about the Japan cup though. So basically, okay, the, yeah, I want to hear a little bit more. The Japan cup is every single hockey team in Japan participates. So they have all the leagues are in this tournament and now we're the major league. We're the top league that has five teams and, The other leagues have to qualify for the tournament. So there's a university leagues. There's three leagues, like Northern Japan, Central, and then Southern Japan have leagues of university. They all have to qualify, and they have four teams that get in. And then there's a men's league, like a senior A, that also qualifies for the tournament. So they play. I, I actually don't know how they get involved or get qualified, but there's like men's league teams. So some teams are like company owned teams where it's just like, think about if like Walmart had a team in Ottawa and all of a sudden, <laughs> all of a sudden they have to play the senators uh, in a, in a mid season. <laughs> yeah. It's just, so it is absolutely hysterical. So we go That's down a wild format. Yeah. So we got a buy from the first round. Uh, well, I hope so. Yeah. Yeah. So listen to this. So we leave on the Thursday and our first game's on the Friday. And now on the Thursday, there's a university team playing a men's league team. And whoever wins that game plays us the next day. So this is live streamed on YouTube. And everyone on our bus, as we're heading down, it was like a 10 hour trip for us uh, on the bus, was watching this game. Do, do I sh- hold my phone over to dupes and he goes, hold, he watches 20 seconds and goes, I can't watch that right now. Don't show me that because he's going to (laughs) be so unfocused. This is the funniest hockey. I was crying. Okay. So the men's league team had no joke, Marty Broder in net. This guy was the funniest. (laughs) He he had, he was kicking them out, like absolutely kicking him out. And I know we joke a ton about goalies here. This guy, no joke, played like Broder. And was doing like these huge flashy saves, two pad stacks, and the university team uh, and the men's league team went all the way up to shootouts. And we were crying. Oh, wow. Dude, we were laughing so hard. This is the worst hockey I've ever seen in my life. Now, again, we have to be prepared to play this team the next day. So we're just sitting there having a good time. And uh, the university team ends up winning. So it's the university team of Osaka. And apparently they're undefeated on the season in their respectful league. So we get to there the next day. We start warm up. I look across, man, these kids all have acne. Like they're fucking five foot six, tiny. (laughs) They're shooting in warm up. And like, there's like three kids that couldn't raise the puck. I go, holy Christ. Dupes walks on the ice and four kids jaws drop. Like I thought they were going to retire. 
I was just like, (laughs) these kids are just stunned looking at Dupes and I getting on the ice. And to the point where like, it felt mean. I I was skating in warm up like, oh man, this, this is going to, I feel terrible for these kids. It sounds like you're going to like a PE class and you're just going to be dummying kids for the next hour and 15 minutes. Yeah. Pretty, Jerry D style. Pretty much what it was. And then th- thank God Broder's not net. I told Dupes, I'm like, imagine you came down on their wing and took a slap shot at Broder. He probably, like you probably would have just left the rink. There's no way <laughs> this guy, he's just like a fucking middle-aged man, like has to go to work after the game. And he's just taking Dupes clap bombs. Um. <laughs> So yeah, we're dying. They end up, Dupes gets a hat trick in two periods. I score a shorthanded goal where I just like dangle the 2D and I go to shoot and I look up and the goalie is like four feet off his line. (laughs) I have like the whole net. So I just shoot into the open net. And after the goals that we scored, like there was no sellies, no one in the crowds even selling you just skate back to the bench. You don't even like give a high five and you just sit down. So yeah, Dupes gets, gets a hat trick and, I have three points and uh, coach benches us for the third period. So we don't play and uh, <laughs> saving the legs. Oh, oh yeah. It was just like, I, I've, again, I felt terrible, but we don't play games, right? We hadn't played in, right. in like a month. Right. You guys were off for quite a bit. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. I mean, I had to try to get back into game shape for this tournament, which is a huge deal over here. It's the 93rd installment of this tournament which is crazy that's wild yeah and i was gonna ask you like on intensity because i remember the polish cup was bigger than the playoffs itself like to win the polish cup is is more important than the playoffs at the end so so would you categorize this as as a similar type of thing in japan or is it just kind of like important but still not the big cheese the big prize this this was the big prize this is what you wanted to win in the season because you have to remember, the team that's been winning most of the years is the South Korean team that wins the league. But they're not in this Japan tournament for obvious reasons because they're not. Right, 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 right. So right, this right. is basically what everyone else is playing for. Anybody can win this. That's tournament. wild, man. Yeah. So this is huge. And it and uh, it has this like Marley's tournament field. You remember as a kid going to the Marley's tournament? You know what was hilarious? As you said that, I was thinking that this is how I felt playing a AAA tournament in Toronto. You're just an Ottawa team going to play peasants. Like you see Stamkos and Delzato and Wayne Simmons and John Tavares all on the team, like circling around. We got a bunch of ankle benders from Ottawa with their fucking shin pads taped, glued to their shins and taped to their ankles. I, I, that's exactly what I was picturing as you were saying this men's league taking on the big dogs that you guys are. Yeah, so we show up to the rink and everybody's playing one after the other. So all the teams are at the rink. There's like eight dressing rooms and everybody's getting ready. Everyone's staying at the same hotel. It honestly feels, yeah, it felt like a minor hockey tournament. It was kind of cool. Actually. Okay, mini sticks, uh, mini sticks <laughs> on floor number three and then Nikki Nindor on uh, floor number nine. Yeah. And then uh, let's go to the pool after dinner. and uh... Yeah, wave pool at dinner. At, at the pool That's after hilarious. dinner, yeah. So That's wild. Actually, I was listening to uh, Matt Murley, who's the on the Chicklets Game Notes podcast, and he tells a story because he played in this Japan league, and he tells a story about how the Japan Cup is always a shit show for the imports because you're at the hotel and you meet all the other imports from the other teams. So he said that they just every night like got super boozed up and just played like guilty hockey the next day. Um, but there aren't as many imports here now as there was when he was playing. So we didn't really have that. But again, so getting back to this game, the Sosaka team had four shots on net the whole game. Oh, boy. Yeah. 
So we pumped them. Nice shutout. Nice shutout for your boy uh, Michio. Uh, actually, let in a goal. So no. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> some some kid who was like four foot eight came down clapper top titty, and everyone was like, "Oh, oh shit!" Wow. Yeah, the game was two one at one point, and then it was like, "Oh, okay," and and then dupes kind of took over the game, just skated through everybody. Uh, Use his big frame. Oh, it was it was actually hilarious. If if he hit someone, it was a career ender. But um, oh boy, yeah. Uh, sorry to cut you off. I'm watching the Sens game. Brady Kachuk just got a penalty shot, and Kochekov, the goalie, went after him. And Brady Kachuk wants to fight Kochekov. No way. He, like dove forward on the penalty shot and like tripped Brady up. Now they're having words. He he just so made we'll a see two- if this transformed into a fight. He just made a two pad stack earlier in the game too. Yeah. He, <laughs> I, I know like, that was sick too. I was like, who is this fucking? Oh, goal? there's gonna be a fight now. Brady's taking on the whole bench. Oh, I love it. Sends are the team that you don't want to go two two goals down against, I think, because then the Brady Kachuk train just comes out. But anyways, carry on. Sorry to cut you off, buddy. No, no, all good. So we end up winning that game, and we're playing the next game. Now, listen to how much of a shit show this is. So we're playing against a team that was in the league last year, and then they folded. They they were third place in the in last year. The team folded, and then a new owner came in, changed the team name, changed everything to play this year. And the Japan Federation's like, nah, you guys are out. You're not playing this year. You have to go through like this whole process. So this team to keep their players has been paying them all year and they haven't played any games. So, oh, wow. so they're not part of our league and they've been practicing every day, but they qualified for the Japan cup. So they're in this tournament, but they haven't played and they're in the top league. They have like top players. So we're playing right. them in the second round. And uh, yeah, this is where I actually score a goal and uh, I'm driving the net and the goalie clips me. And I, I tuck it in as I'm falling. And our defense, which is funny because I actually didn't know what happened, but he comes and kind of like runs me over with his skates and kicks me right in the ribs. So right away, I'm like, oh, fuck. Like, this is not good. I'm feeling terrible. Get back to the bench, blah, blah, blah. I end up uh, fracturing a rib. So I don't play the rest of that oh, game. Man. And I watch the video. Mind you, I want to preface that this is a defenseman that has zero points on the year. And this guy's... <laughs> This guy's dr- driving back door like he's about to. Pop. He saw one. He saw one Carl Kale Makar uh, YouTube video of highlights, and he just said, "Tonight is the night." Yeah, he's. I'm going to go. I'm going to go past the ringette line in the offensive zone. He's driving back door like he's going to put one titty. Like, dude, what are you doing? <laughs> and so I fall, and I have like he like runs into me as if he like didn't know how to stop, and I had his two like toe caps of his skates bruised onto my ribs, like exactly where he hit me. So yeah, he pretty much used my ribs as a soccer ball and it fucked me up. Like I was in so much pain, man. It was actually one of the worst feelings I've had. Um, well, and you described that very well. And to describe it again, you're coming on like the right side wing, you cut towards the net. So you're cutting to the left-hand side, you shoot and you're looking at your puck. And as you're shooting, you get tripped up and you fall and you're sliding towards the boards. And that's when the D-man comes like perpendicular to you and hits you square in the ribs. And you see it right away. Like the video you sent me, you, you, go down and you're you're wincing right like you're in pain right away yeah he t-boned me legit t-boned me he did yeah he t-boned me yeah that's a good way of putting it yeah and so i was anyways i was really pissed but i end up going to the hospital and our team wins in a shootout it goes down to to shootout and we end up winning uh so i'm in the hospital i do a bunch of tests they're like yeah you have a fractured rib but we have the finals the next day so i'm like oh fuck so we get to the finals um 
amazing atmosphere. Like this game was incredible back and forth, like loud kind of gave me a sense of Poland. It was like, okay, finally some meaningful hockey. So it was really, really cool. And I'm playing, but I'm only playing power play and PK because I can't get hit. I'm like, if I get hit, I'll cry. I sneezed in the morning and a tear rolled down my eyes. I was just like in so much pain. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That stuff hurts, man. And I was telling you when you were texting me, like you have an appreciation for the Matthew Kachucks who had a broken sternum out there and POs battling in front of the net. But yeah, I, a fractured rib is probably one of those injuries that that doesn't sound bad, but is awful. It's so sensitive and it hurts so much. And it's almost impossible as you're playing hockey to protect it in any way, shape or form. I remember you said the trainer was going to tape you up. I'm like, what the f- what is he going to tape? Like, there's nothing to tape. What is he going to tape like a foam pad to you? Like, I mean, it, you're, you're almost at the mercy of somebody just bumping into you. Yeah. Oh, I know. So actually what's funny is in that semifinals, I came back because the doctor looked at me. He's like, yeah, you're fine. Just get back out there. And I go, I'm not fine. Like, (laughs) this is not good. He's like, touch me around. He goes, no fractures. You're fine. Like you can get back out there. So I get back out on the ice and actually our line scores a goal. And I raise my hands to Selly and I, dude, I'm down and out. I'm like, oh my God. As soon as I raised my arm, I felt this like sharp pain. I go, I'm not okay. So I played one more. Did you shift. come running? Did you did you come running back into the room and say, uh, "Can you call the Polish doctor and ask him what he shot me up with last time? Yeah, give me some of that. Get the Russian gas." So actually, the next shift, a puck goes into the corner and Dupe cycles it to me, and I get I get hit against the boards, and I yelled like out loud. And Dupe Dupe was like, came back. We talked about it later. He's like, "Dude, what the fuck was that? You?" I go, "Yeah, man. I literally yelped like a fucking dog." And, uh, and I just called it after that. I called it. I'm like, man, there's, I got to go get checked. Like, this is not good. Um, anyway, so we get to the finals. I, I pl- end up playing three shifts in the game and get scored on twice. <laughs> so I was a complete liability. Uh, probably shouldn't have been Damn. out there in fairness. Mind you, they were PK goals. And I mean, that doesn't count as a minus. Th- doesn't add to the plus minus, baby. No. And, uh, Played one power play shift and was a liability. So, yeah, we ended up losing, which was pretty devastating. But in the end, it's Dupes and I were kind of laughing. You, you don't get any, like, we don't get anything for the win. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. There's no bonuses. You were saying no money on the line. And you know what? The long 10 hour b- bus ride home, I-, I heard that Dupes had a time, anyways. Yeah. So we're on the bus home and uh, Dupes had like 14 beers. <laughs> So we get to a truck stop and Dupes is hammered. This guy's singing. He's taking a piss in the public washroom, singing Ave Maria to top of his lungs. Everyone's looking at him. Like when I say hammered, hammered. So I'm having beers too. And to get back to the rink when at three in the morning and uh, our team, team phys, I guess, physio or doctor, she comes up to me. She said, Hey, I'm just realizing now that like we should probably take a look at your liver, make sure there's no liver damage. And I looked at her and I said, well, I had five pints and I'm feeling fine. Does that mean this thing's working? She goes, you were drinking, <laughs> you were drinking beers. I go, yeah, I was in pain. Like I needed, I needed something. She goes, oh, I, yeah, I guess you're fine. So that, that, <laughs> that was my test. I'm like, would I be absolutely hammered drunk if, if, my liver wasn't working. She'd be like, yeah, you'd be, you'd be crippled. I'm like, okay, so it's all good. Um, what a test. Mind, Was it Edna? Yeah. Edna, the trainer Edna, and manager Edna, and fitness, tra- uh, yeah, Swiss army. Fitness, uh, Pete. 
personal trainer? Yeah, so we ended up losing, and, and they handed out trophies. The other team got three trophies for the win, like three monster trophies. And we Whoa. had to sit out there. Yeah, there was a huge – we were out on the ice for 30 minutes after we lost, just watching them celebrate. Oh, damn. And then they had this big, like um, – they were handing out these awards and stuff, and they got three huge trophies, and we got a piece of paper. Uh, so <laughs> we were – yeah, we were dying. We are like, get us out of here. Um, but, yeah, actually, I forgot to mention, we, we were playing in an early game. We had an 11 a.m. game, the semifinals. And so we're asking what the – the schedule's like, and they're like, yeah, our pregame meal's at 6.30 a.m. at the hotel. Okay? Oh, boy. So we wake oh boy. up. I know, I know where this is going. We wake up for 6.30 a.m., and heaven forbid there's an omelet bar or, you know, some toast with peanut butter. Like, you know, give me something. We get down. It's like ginger pork, uh, fish dumplings, <laughs> salmon, rice, miso soup. I, I'm, it's 6.30 oh in the morning. And Dupe sends a Snapchat to friend of the pod, Michael Bunting, and sends him a snap because they were talking like, look at breakfast and sends him it was like a ginger pork mix, like looked awful. And Bunt's word for word said, that looks like my asshole. <laughs> so yeah i got a gut full of pork at 6 30 in the morning for our pregame meal for oh. the game i was done like, no fruit loops no cheerios come on oh, the continental breakfast what's I, going on that's what i was saying i'm like give me an omelet bar give me something give me a give me some bacon some sausage get me going start my day off right you know yep uh but so that was a little funny side note but yeah, we ended up losing, and it was a really good game. The boys played really hard, minus me. I was terrible. Um, and, uh, yeah, that's about it for yeah, the tournament. Yeah, tough outcome. Mm. But. That's all right, man. That's still pretty cool, man. It's it's such a unique thing, and, and it's funny. Like I said, that the, the NBA has embraced that in-tournament season thing. I don't even know how to describe it. And I, I foresee the NHL sniffing around and seeing what they can do, too, because – Apparently the players weren't really on board at first and now they loved it. They got a really high ratings. They changed the colors of the court. Let's change the colors of the ice. And uh, let's see if we can get an NHL in tournament uh, bracket going. Cause I think that'd be something kind of interesting, especially, you know, games 25 to 55. It's, it's, it's kind of boring. Like it loses a little bit of its luster. So, Hey, I'm all for it. And if Japan can pull it off, I think the NHL could put it all, pull it off and then sign up the beers. We'll take on uh, the San Jose Sharks, give them a run for their money, you know, put Johnny Brew on the, on the point, uh, the umbrella point there for, for the big one T and let's see what we can get going. Yeah. Let's get the university teams involved. Let's, let's do that. You know? Yeah. Let's be inclusive. Let's include everybody. Yeah. I like what you're. I like where you're going with this. But it, truthfully, as a player, it, it is really nice to have some meaningful hockey. Like you're you're fired yeah. up. You're ready to go. And like you said, that that middle of the season, those. I mean, for us, we only played thirty games, so that five games in the middle of the season just kind of dragged on. Whereas if you get this tournament, it's it's pretty exciting. And like last year in Poland, when we had won, it was kind of sick because you party. Yeah. Like you had won the whole season, and then it's kind of crazy. On Monday morning, you just have practice again, and then you have games on the weekend. But it it kind of comes down to a successful season, you know. Which is yeah, man. which is weird. I it's think it's very feeling. cool. Yeah, 
It is a weird feeling. It's like it's it's like a massive roller coaster. I'm sure you felt it. It's like you go from the ultimate high, and like you said, okay, let's we're doing back the the Russian real uh, drill tomorrow morning uh, at practice to get going for the rest of the season. So yeah, today we're back. We're back on the ice today. We have practice this afternoon. We play two games this weekend, and then we have a 25 days off again. We've played. It's crazy. Wow. We've played four season games and these three tournament games since the start of November, and then we play That's our wild, next games man. in January. Which is good timing for me because I'll, I'll be able to recover. Yeah, you'll, you'll exactly. You'll give you some some wiggle room to get that rib up and ready to go. Yep, yep. So that's it. That's, that's awesome, it for me. Man. Yeah, I, I know you have. Oh, that's the Japan update. That's the Japan update. I wow, kept, I like that. Kept it short and sweet. I, man, I have so much stuff from the, even the start of the year. But what happens is, you know, we take these breaks and stuff gets piled on. And yeah, we do get piled on. And uh, yeah, it was pretty funny. Actually, another side note, because that Michael Bunting thing was pretty funny. Uh, Dupes FaceTimes him. And uh, obviously, you know, these guys are in the top hotels, blah, blah, blah. And Dupes is laying in his bed talking about the tournament, essentially telling him like, hey, it's really cool experience, but it's a shit show. It's, you know, it's hilarious. We had (laughs) pork at 630 and all this stuff. And Bunce goes, oh, at least the hotel room looks nice. Dupes goes, what? <laughs> what are you talking about? And Dupes' response goes, just look at this telephone, dude. And he turns his phone over. And it was like the, the hotel phone that was probably made in like 1880. <laughs> and Buns goes, oh, oh, okay, never mind. And Dupes, I go, go show him the washroom, man. Goes into the washroom. It's hilarious. And Buns goes, oh, my bad. He goes, where's the TV? Dupes shows him. It's like a. 12 inch screen in the corner of the room Two is it like the office michael scott you know when he's like hosting the party and he's showing his new plasma screen tv and it's literally like 14 inches yeah and two single beds like it was just hysterical and bun's like oh i'm oh, sorry I'm, I'm sorry boys it, it looked the ceiling looked nice from the view <laughs> but uh yeah. coat of, of white paint on the ceiling yeah, yeah hides up all the blemishes it sure does they know how to do it. That's awesome, man. I, I, like I said, I've been telling everybody, it sounds like you're having a, a great time. And you said something about a Polish update. Oh. Not, not to cut you short, but I, I was really looking forward to this. Okay. So, I mean, everybody knows that Ruski got fired because we talked about this already on the podcast. But as an update. I heard he's, I heard he's interviewing for the Sens job. Yeah, maybe. He should. <laughs> they, they can't get any worse at this point. You know, Jacques Martin and <laughs> Ruski behind the bench. That would be wild. Just, what a com- What a one-two punch. Yeah, the dynamic duo. But anyways, so <laughs> Dupes and I this whole year have been like, we told you so. We told you last year you had to fire this guy. Nobody likes him. Nobody listened to us. Now, you know, we look like the beauties because I, I literally during the season last year, we're like, you got to fire this guy. Then they signed him to a two-year extension, ended up firing this season. But once he got fired, we texted our old captain and said, hey, you got to let us back in the group chat for today. Like, please let us back in the group chat. So he adds us into the Polish group chat and Dupes and I are going, yeah, fucking rights, boys. Let's go. Like just getting them all fired up and they were dying. They thought it was so funny. So we get tossed out of the group chat. Now, last week, Dupes and I are chilling at home and he gets a call from Yunin, who's a guy who played with us last year, who's now in crack. Yeah, the D-man. The D-man. So he calls yeah. us. And he's like, hey, boys, like, what's up? You come in the Krakow, blah, blah, blah. And we think, like, he's just kidding. And he's like, yeah, you know, just wanted to check in. We talk with him for about 30 minutes. Hang up the phone. Dupes gets a message from another player who plays on Novatarg, 
who Dupes used to play for, goes, hey, Dupes, what's up? Dupes like, okay, that's random. I haven't talked to this guy in a minute. And then our agent texts texts us saying, yo. (laughs) And finally, we're like, okay, something's fucking up. So we go look on the Polish website. Someone wrote an article saying that Dupes and I were coming back to Poland. Just No. Yeah. Out of the blue, absolutely stirring the, the pot. Boys yeah. in Poland. Basically saying like, hey, our team in Japan is not going to make the playoffs. So we're looking to play meaningful hockey and we're coming back. So this started like huge rumblings, comments all over this and that. And we were getting messages left and right being like, is this true? Fans were messaging us like, you got to come back. People were saying, oh my God, like Teehee's going to be so good. And it, again, this started this huge, huge thing. And uh, then they came out with another message saying that Krakow was interested in us. The president of Novatar came out and said that he was going to offer us contracts. And then like, we got a text from a guy from Katowice basically saying, like, holy fuck, is this true? Like, the rumor mills, the rumor boys were... Wow. Yeah. So were you able to get a number? Like, what were they offering you? Were they offering you the big bucks? Like, were you trying to squeeze them for something? Like, were you just kind of playing the game? Like... How did this negotiation go down? What did your agent say? Man, our, well, our agent called us and was like, hey, like, what the fuck are you guys doing? And we said, <laughs> we said, hey, it's not us. We thought it was you. Because remember, he started all the rumors last year? Yes. He, he's, yes. He's like the Polis agent and he knows all the media outlets. And he was starting the rumors last year. So Dupes and I go, we thought that was fucking you. And he goes, no, not this one. <laughs> not this time. Because <laughs> all the other ones were me, but not this one. Um, so, but we never actually got offers. All the teams, I think want us, like, just don't want us to come back to any other teams, if that makes sense. Right. So everyone's interested in us because they just don't want us to go elsewhere. That's right. So there's, that's right. There's a deadline. It's January 31st. So technically if we're out of the playoffs here, we could actually go back and, and try to make a run in Poland. That's wild. Yeah, which would be That'd be really wild. Crazy. You could double dip. You could double dip on the season, boys. I know. I know. So I maybe getting more Polish updates moving forward. It might be back. Wow. But, oh, what a what a what a turn of events for the pod. The pod just got a, a bump there. That might be potential huge content. So stay tuned. Uh, maybe we'll have a season three now. Maybe that's maybe, phenomenal. Maybe back. Yeah. So back did you books. ever did you ever find out where it came from? It's just some random post, like the power of social media. Yeah, some random guy, just like Bedard's mom getting banged. Someone just I was like, thinking the exact same thing. Somebody just threw it out there, and and it just caught it, wind. It caught, caught fire. It caught fire. It caught wind. So yeah. Anyways, that's the that's that's the wild. Update. That's good. I'm glad I remembered that. But yeah, I'm glad you said that too. It's actually just crazy though, like how how quick it went around, and we were getting messages all over, like this this just just testing the, the waters, eh? Yeah, so the thing on back? Facebook had like 200 likes on it. Like people were really like buzzing on the idea. It's like it's like a two a.m. text, eh, to that girl just just inquiring. Yeah, you up? Hey, you still you still awake? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, oh man, well back in back in Ottawa, man, I have a couple referee ref- reports to add on and a, a beer league update. Uh, so so I'll cut right into it. It's hilarious because we've had a couple beauty refs over the past couple weeks. So like I said, we haven't one, done one of these in a month. That's like three games of beer league. Uh, but I, I, I'm going to try and define these into three different refs and three different characteristics. Okay. So the first guy I want to present to the pod is, uh, Knight's armor and Knight's armor is decked out 
to the tits in protective gear. When I'm talking protective gear, he's wearing ringette pants. He's wearing like, I don't know what kind of shoulder pads and elbow pads underneath his referee attire. He's got the full getup. A bulletproof okay? vest? Basically. <laughs> and and something that was weird about Knight's armor was every time there was a play that was an obvious like blow down the play whistle, it was always delayed. So for example, the puck would be an off like an icing. So like two guys would miss the puck. Everybody stops moving on the ice because it's so obvious. But it would take like a second and a half for the whistle to happen. Offsides, uh, hand passes, goalie saving the puck. Finally, I'm like, what the fuck is going on with Knight's armor? And my buddy on the bench taps to me. He's like, dude, you haven't noticed? He has a mouth guard in and he can't blow his whistle no. with the mouth guard in. <laughs> yeah. So he has to pull out his mouth guard so he can blow the whistle. So he oh, has one shit. hand to pull out the mouth guard and then the other hand to put the whistle in the mouth. No so way. he was always delayed, man. And I was crying. I was crying. So there's Knight's armor. We're going to see some more of Knight's armor, I think, this year. The, the referee association doesn't give you a dental plan. Um, eh? Oh, yeah. The recruiting this year has been top notch. I'll tell you that for free. Holy okay. Shit. So I then, thought you were going to say he had so much uh, gear on that he couldn't get his hand to his mouth, like for the whistle. Yeah, he had so much protective gear he couldn't get it up there. But mouth guard, that's hysterical. Oh man, too much. Like you don't, you never see that a ref with a mouth guard. Okay, and then the next guy I'm going to re- reference, and I always usually this use this term, but I'm just going to call him Magoo. I just think it's an hilarious name. And Magoo is the chatting with the boys type guy, trying to be one of the boys. But you can tell Magoo hasn't coached, hasn't refed or coached or played past beer league hockey. Okay, so at one point he calls a coincidental minor. So that's when two like two guys get in a tussle. Okay, A Boz, P Boz, two different teams. You guys are both in the box. Everybody still plays five on five. So the big argument in beer league is like, ref, we're already short bodies. If you're gonna call coincidental minors, so two guys having a penalty that are just gonna sit in the penalty box, because there's sometimes there's like 10 minutes without a whistle. You have to wait for a whistle to come back on. Just don't call the penalty. So that's why I went up to him. So I I, you know, I went up to him like, hey, ref, you know, short bodies tonight, man. Like, don't call those penalties. He's like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So all night when there's a tussle, he would come ripping by and be like, short bodies, boys, short bodies. Nobody wants a penalty out there. <laughs> so Magoo, at one point, notices that our net is a little bit off angle. Like our goalies, they, they pegged it in. So like one peg is on the goal line and the other one is about two inches off, like back. So it it's like fucked up. So the ref, you know, the goalie calls over the ref. Magoo looks at it. Guess what Magoo's plan is to fix this problem? Holy fuck! He because they couldn't move it back. the The ice was messed up where it was supposed to be. So I'm guessing that the rink rat just pushed it back a couple inches. But guess what Magoo's solution was? He gave the rink rats coincidentals. <laughs> no, but no, they're short bodies too, so oh, he couldn't okay, give okay. them the penalty. Right, right. Uh, he suggested. To move the full net six, six inches to the left-hand side so he could plug it into the goal line. No our goalie's like, Our goalie's like, no, you're <laughs> yeah. not moving the net over. The crease, like, that's going to mess me up completely. I had no idea that the crease is a factor for goalies to get their angles. He's just, he's just like, yeah, let's just move the net over six inches. Have you ever heard something like that? That's baffling. 
I was almost in tears when I heard this suggestion come out of Magoo. So we had quite a quite a fun night with him in the in running the show around Carlton. Yeah. Get the paintbrush out, eh? Just fix the crease. Just extend oh, it a little my bit. God. And he probably thought he was a genius. Yeah, yeah, let's just move it over six inches. And then we move on to yet last That's night. That's a lot, too. Miss- six inches? <laughs> I've heard, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's a normal are... that's a normal amount of movement of the net. <laughs> Actually Canadian average. Yeah, and in, in Japan that's moving the net a fucking mile. <laughs> <laughs> Ow, my ribs. Ow. Every time I laugh, it fucking hurts. Oh shit. Sorry, man. You oh, played yourself on that one. I did play myself. Anywho, go and ahead. And then we have we have Visor Cage, who we had last night. Oh, okay. Visor Cage. And Visor Cage is exactly, we've had this guy before. I feel like we've talked about Visor Cage. It's literally a guy that has a cage that he took a, a, a black blade, a, a, a steel blade, and put it on his grinder and cut across his cage to get the visor look, but with a cage. This guy was killing me all night. He had the whistle blowing. This guy was was a menace on the ice he was he was disruptive let's just put it that way so he missed a handful of icings he missed a hand pass okay this is a rule that if you're in your zone and you hit it with your hand and somebody from your team plays it outside the zone you're you're good to go he calls that down so i'm giving him a hard time for that but you know what even though he's missed the simplest of of calls when we're down by two goals with a minute and a half and there's a face off in their zone he notices that our two defense passed the ringette line, so he has to take the puck outside the zone for the faceoff. Damn. Dude, that call has never been called in men's league hockey. So for people that don't know, if there's a whistle in the offensive zone, if your defense come into a scrum, so they pass the ringette line to come help and engage in some sort of altercation that's taking place because there was a little bit of chaos in front of the net, the faceoff automatically goes outside of the zone as a punishment. So this guy somehow knows this obscure rule, but can't string together an offside. So that's that's cage visor, visor cage, calling calling stuff all night that was wrong. It was a rough night for the boys last night. It was a rough night for P P Bobs. I guess I'm gonna go right into my beer league report now because the boys are sitting at just under 500, which is not good. Which is not good for the three time champs of the Carlton Adult Hockey League. Uh, and, and the most embarrassing thing after, you know, I talked about the toe pick being embarrassing, something else embarrassing. Yeah. Toe picks rough, but I'd love to hear it. Let's go. Buddy. I had a B way from the red line in, and I haven't had a B way in probably three years. (laughs) Yeah. You have that, you have that breakaway speed. I've been told (laughs) that I have wheels out there. (laughs) That was my scouting report in junior. This guy has wheels. But I get to the net, and I'm about to shoot. And guess what happens? Your stick breaks. No. Oh. I, oh, you're actually going to make me guess? I, no, I was just waiting for something else to come out of your mouth. Oh, you realize the net is six inches off, and, <laughs> and you decide to not take your breakaway. <laughs> no. Visor Cage calls me for offside. No way. I'm just kidding. Okay. Okay. Catches up to me and lifts my stick before I shoot, and that's demoralizing, dude. Embarrassing. Well, I mean, embarrassing. I knew, and I was was cooking. Factor. Yeah. I was cooking. I was cooking. So I, I was told that this guy has like uh, Matthew Joseph 
speed. I heard that he used to be um, a long track a speed skater. So I felt a little bit good about it after. Apparently he runs marathons. He just runs 10Ks in the morning. Not a big deal. He still works the ladder drills at home. So when I found out this detail, I was feeling a little bit better about myself. But in the moment, man, I went right to the bench, head down, felt shame. Uh, coach sat me down for a couple shifts. But yeah, that one cut deep. A yeah, but he was wearing graphs. <laughs> <laughs> he got he caught you in graphs. Oh fudge! Dude, actually, oh, I have man. a side story about a breakaway, and this is the the boys at Carlton told me Gustafson Van Strahlen. They're playing uh, with a guy on the sixty seventh, and this guy was ice cold. And the running joke was like, "Man, he hasn't scored in like fifteen games, um, and he would get hurt all the time." So like, "Fuck, this is supposed to be one of our top players. He's ice cold, and he's always getting hurt." And I guess he got a breakaway pass cutting through the middle at the red line, same thing. And he's flying down the ice and he goes to make a move and he herniates his disc on his back. Oh. <laughs> yeah. So I guess he just like goes, he doesn't even get a shot off. The puck just goes to the corner and he just bends over and skates back to the bench. Oh no. Punched over. <laughs> yeah. Oh no. He, he pulled his back right out on a breakaway, completely okay. alone, well, making a move. That's got to be worse than mine, I think, right? Uh, right, right, right. Is right. it worse? Is it worse? Come on, Can you tell me if it's worse. But yeah, yeah. Anyway, so I just remember thinking, like, how funny that is. You're finally getting your breakaway. You go down to shoot. You just rip your back out. Oh um, man, that's tough. That ain't it. That is tough. Anyway, speaking of tough, let's move on to the Ottawa Senators, my friend. The Ottawa Senators are in tough. They're eleven and twelve. They just dropped out. They lost tonight, four one to Carolina. Below 500, 11 and 12, bottom five in the league. They do have a, a, a ton of game in hand because when they went to that Europe trip, that, that Swedish trip, they did have a, like an ex- a weird schedule. So they need some time off. So they do have that in their in their back pocket. But I even saw the other day, I've been mentioning a couple times on the pod, looking like under 8% chances of making playoffs. Time is dwindling, man, on this team. So I've come up with a couple reasons to try and determine the reason for the decline, the crappy performances, the reason why they're in the basement again. You can either choose one of my options or you might have one of your own to maybe describe what's going on with Sensetown, okay? So this is option reason number one. Matthew Joseph, breakaway-itis. This guy is like, it reminds me of Alex Formington, man. He gets like five breakaways a game, can't snipe. Number two, the Shabbat injuries. He's only played nine games, and I guess those games played also include the two games where he got hurt. So he's really played seven, maybe one-third of the games. Third reason, the PK, 28th in the league, 74%. Power play, 21st in the league at 18%. And they're in last place in the league for average PIMS 4, with 13.8 PIMS 4. So they're in the box a lot. And last but not least, my options are the goalie tandem, we have a, a 903 save percentage for Corpusalo, a sub 900, 885 for Anton Forsberg. That tandem has been mid, to say the least. Uh, so what what are what is causing the Sens woes right now? What's going on with them, in your opinion? I haven't even mentioned DJ Smith. Can I just say all of the above? Yeah, <laughs> just the yeah. cheap answer. I, I'm going to use C D E and all of the above. Well, you know, our good buddy, uh, uh, Gilly, who's very philosophical. Oh, my God. Philosophical? No. 
Oh my gosh. I'm not even trying to help you. Am I having a stroke? Yeah, you might. <laughs> Anyways, he's he's a poet. He's great with his words. So I'm going to use his quote for the sense. The sense stink. They <laughs> stink, man. <laughs> uh, philosophical. Oh my gosh. I actually had a there stroke. Go. That, that was crazy. Was good. You nailed I know. that one. Holy cow. Okay, yeah, we're going to edit that out or what? No way, Jose. Oh, shoot. Uh, unedited. We're unedited, baby. You're, yeah. You're right. You're right. Leave that in there. Uh, in all seriousness, though, I mean, you can't have special teams like that in the NHL, especially today's NHL. Maybe in the past, it was like you didn't really talk about it as much. But if you're going to A, going to be in the box that much and your PK is going to be that bad, I mean, you're playing from behind every night. And if you're playing from behind every night, well, where are you going to get your goals? Well, you hope that these goals are going to come on the power play. And if they're not, then, I mean, listen, the five on five, especially NHL, it's so structured these days. Like you just, it's getting points in five on five is so difficult. Um, and the level of these goaltenders and, and everything like that. So I think their biggest woes are the PK and the PP. And I think that also comes down to coaching. Like if you have the right guys, which you do, look at Sanderson, obviously Shabbat's been hurt. Chikrin, you have, they have two PPs that are very skilled and should be able to do the trick. Um, and I guess that comes down to coaching. So fuck, fuck DJ. Let's get Jacques Martin behind the bench. Alfie Ruski doing the power play in PK. Cause we were humming last year. Um, and yeah, that's the, that's getting the sends back on track. Yeah, you're 100% right. And that was their saving grace last year. Their power play was in the top five in the league. I think at one point they were at like the second place to Edmonton uh, in terms of their power play. And that was, you know, that's that's easy goals. And they have the, 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 they have the players to do it. They have the guys to do it. It's just weird. It's not going in the back of the net. The PK and the penalties is like, that's more ice time for Travis Hamannick. I love vets. I like Travis Hamannick, but that guy needs to be stapled to the bench. The least amount of time that that guy can get out there is better for the Sens. So I'm 100% agreeing with you. That was going to be my number one choice. So I'm going to I'm going to roll out to my number second choice, and it's going to be Thomas Shabbat. Hate him or love him. If you're losing a top pair defenseman, a guy that plays 25 minutes a game, a guy that people consider would be on Team Canada of the Olympics as a fifth or sixth defenseman, that is a massive loss. When you have a guy that can actually carry the puck be a presence as a as a you know a, a defenseman running the play, getting the forwards a puck, running a power play. That is a big big loss, and we've noticed that they're not that strong on D. Sanderson is kind of slowed down. Trickerin is kind of slowed down in the points, and and even if I watch him, he looks like he's just playing solid. Nothing amazing like he was the first couple games. So you're relying on other guys now. I really like Jacob Bernard Docker. I think he's a revelation. I think he's going to be the next Anton Volchenkov. He's blocking shots out there. I saw him come out with the cage today, taking some in the jibs, getting back out there. So that's great. But losing a guy like Shabbat is a big loss. And I think that's going to be a, a tough one because it sounds like this injury looked nasty. It looked like an MCL, looked like an ACL. He, he might be toast for, for a couple months here. I think they need to bring back Cowan. We need Jared Cowan on the back end. And you know what? If you can get a good deal for Cody Cece, let's bring Cody Cece back. Let's in. bring him back. Let's bring the boys. Uh, speaking of philosophical, uh, this is from Johnny Dupes himself, text message from the kitchen. He says, going back to Poland is like a woman giving birth. You forget the pain and end up having another. 
that's actually pretty funny that's the quote of the day from johnny insight insight of the day um but yeah just from the sends i mean they better get hot soon it's now or never and they should have got they better get hot five games ago and i mean they're not let's be real they're not adding pieces like why would a team like this add any pieces at the deadline Well, they have no cap well that's what i'm saying they have no cap do you keep tarasenko try to keep tarasenko you know what? I really, really, really love. They did do a little bit of a shakeup in their offense. They have Stutzla, Batherson, and Tarasenko, and they look absolutely phenomenal. They're moving the puck incredibly well. I think Tarasenko has been probably their top two, top three player in the last four or five games I've watched. He's creating offense. He's getting shots. He's snake bitten. He's gotten he got robbed by Joseph Wall like twice against Toronto. Wide open net. Joseph Wall diving across the crease, making unbelievable like those lucky desperation saves. Uh, I I I don't I don't know. I don't think you do. I don't think you do. But who knows? We'll see what happens when it gets closer to deadline day. We'll see what he feels like. He might want to stay in Ottawa. I feel like he signed the one year deal to get out of Ottawa, like a lot of people do. Um, so it'll, it'll be really interesting to see as we get closer to that deadline, what, what transpires if they become sellers at the deadline, which would be really unfortunate. Jacques Martin, speaking of, I don't know, unfortunate, maybe unfortunate for DJ Smith is back on board. So longtime sense coach, uh, Dyna was around during this dynasty years. Um, He's, he's moved on, actually. He went to Pittsburgh. He won two cups. He's been around the block with a, v- a variety of teams, uh, making his way back to Ottawa as a supervisor role, kind of a, I don't even know the title, coach, uh, personnel, supervisor, advisor, you know, one of those made-up roles that they make up for people that come back. So what do you think on Jacques um, and him coming back to the fold? I mean, listen, at this point, it can't hurt, right? I, and again, it kind of looks like maybe they're trying to take some of the reins away from DJ Smith without actually ripping the Band-Aid off, as they would say, you know? It's like that. It's like your girlfriend who you kind of know, like the relationship's over, and she starts hanging out with a friend who's a guy friend just on the side so that they can be prepared for when she really rips that Band-Aid off. She's got, you know, the side piece. She's not quite <laughs> cheat. She's not quite cheating on you. She's just making sure that, you know, when she does gas you, she's ready to go on the side. That's what this feels like. I feel like Jacques Martin is just a really, really ugly side piece right now. And uh, <laughs> I think Jacques is still living in his glory days. I think he's going to try to sign Havlat to a one-year deal. Um, yeah, he's inquired Marin Hosa. Yeah, Marion Hosa. He played in his retirement game. I think he got a couple goals. Jacques Martin was scouting. Um I just, you know what, I, in all seriousness, I do think that having that experience and bringing a guy in, it, it can't hurt the Sens right now. And, and you see, actually, they panned up to him today and he had that resting bitch face in the box, him and Alfie. They were not amused by the play of the Ottawa Senators today. So, um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see moving forward if, if he's actually going to take the reins away from, from DJ. But, yeah, I like it. Okay, give, give me two seconds. Peyton's awake. I'll be right back. Hey, unedited. Oh, so I have to fucking talk to these guys on my own? <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. And I agree. I agree. I think Jock is, is going to be a good little uh, side guy, and he's going to give some advice, and, and hopefully it translates onto the ice. That's the best thing that we could do, and it'll be interesting to see if he, he moves into a different position or if he gets behind the bench or if he's on the bench or if he's the head coach, associate coach, assistant coach, whatever title they give him. It'll be an interesting fit, and 
Defense is their problem. They can't keep the puck out of the net. They can't transition out of the neutral zone. That's their major issue. So hopefully he can be the Band-Aid fix until I hear they're waiting to hire a coach until they find a new GM, which makes sense, right? You don't want to hire a guy and then have the new GM guy come in and be like, well, he's not my guy. I don't know how many times can I say guy in a sentence? I just said it four times. So it'll be really interesting. And speaking of guys and speaking of coaches, our boy Torts, my boy Torts is back at it with the quote of the year or so far. And he comes out after Hathaway absolutely explodes Luke Hughes, explodes Luke Hughes, basically goes on to say, and he does say a couple nice things. He does say, I hope the kid's doing okay and he's all right. But he ends this monologue of his in the in the media by saying we've become kind of or we've kind of tried to turn this league into a no hit league and now people aren't ready to be hit i think it's a lost art in how you take hits and quote mr torts what do you think about the situation what do you think about his point of view old school guy do you agree yay or nay on what's going on in the shell these days yeah, actually, it was interesting. I was listening to Del Zotto on Spittin' Chicklets, <clears throat> and he was talking about torts and how he really thinks like torts is the most misunderstood person in hockey. I heard of that how, too. Like, I heard of that how too, he, yeah. he has his ways, but like at the end of the day, he really cares for all the players and he just wants what's best. So that was kind of interesting. Um, he even says, I, I, I would have loved to have torts as my head coach for my whole career. He even says it at the end. Yeah, I know. So it's really interesting to hear that. Uh, and like you said, he's an old school coach. Uh, but I think he's true. Like you look at Luke Hughes. I mean, mind you, I, I think that could have been Bufflin and Hathaway would have buried him. But yeah. uh, he just, again, he thought it was an icing call. Uh, he got waved off really late, which is another discussion. Don Cherry is absolutely rolling right now. He would have <laughs> had the biggest segment. I felt like every week, remember when icings was like touch icing and oh, it was just yeah. guys, it was guys going Getting flying dummy. to the boards, breaking their legs head first. And, and Don Cherry every week had a segment. And, I, and again, I think like this is on the officials. They let it go way too far. Luke Hughes completely is standing straight up, not expecting to get hit. And and again, that's back to what Torts is saying. It's these guys, they're starting hitting now at 14 years old. It's absolutely absurd that these players are putting themselves in vulnerable positions. And um, actually, one of the biggest things right now is Adam Oates. And Adam Oates is doing these, working with players. And um, and one of his biggest things is putting yourself in a position. He's like, why why do you need to get hit? He's like, don't put yourself in positions where you're going to be vulnerable to taking a big hit like this. And uh, yeah, I kind of agree. I think especially this league so fast and so skilled that guys sometimes forget that, hey, you know, there's there are guys on the other team that can still truck you and you need to be aware. Yeah. And, you know, there's been some chatter that we've taken out fights. We're going to remove fights and we're going to remove hitting next. And, and for me, that's a that's a non-starter in the NHL to remove hits or, or body contact. And I think that's just absolutely ludicrous. And it's crazy to think that this league may become soccer in five or six years. I was watching the game. It was Detroit versus Ottawa. And I, I, I'm a big Tim Stutzla fan. The guy dives a lot. The guy dives a lot. He feels it in his skates. He's gone down. Okay. Well, the opposite happened to him. Shane got to spare. Did the big neck snap 
back, you know, went down on the ground, similar to when there's a slide tackle in soccer, and he drew a penalty. Guys are drawing penalties like crazy. So now yeah, it's become... He's fucking Euros. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, he's not a Euro. But, well, yes, Stutzla is, but not Gothisbehere. But anyways, it's, it's, it's become frustrating now that we've not only gone from a non-hitting league where every hit is a penalty to, to the extreme where now we're rewarding diving. And people are being like, well, let's get the peeper going. There's more power plays than anything else. Every scrum, there's a penalty all the time. And, and it's gotten a little bit ridiculous. So it's going to be really interesting to see the no hitting. I remember, you know, then the argument is, when do you start hitting? Do you start when they're 15, 16? Do you start when they get into pros? Do you start when they're 8 or 9? I remember being 10 and 11, and we used to do these hitting camps. And I remember having to skate from the red line as fast as we could and slide on our stomachs on the goal line and head first into the boards. And he was teaching us how to like rotate our body or like go into the board's shoulder first and roll off. And then we would get into a line. So you'd have the boards, everybody on the boards. And one by one, you would go and hit a guy against the boards and then you'd skate to the next guy, hit a guy against the boards. And as the hitter, you're learning how to use your shoulder, drive towards the boards, angle the guy off. So use your body to cut his momentum, not really squeeze him, but more cut him in front of him. And then as the reception guy, you're, you're learning where to position your body away from the boards. You don't want to be too far away where if you get knocked over, you snap your neck in two. But you also don't want to be too tight because those boards, especially if you're playing in Navin Arena, is like concrete walls. So <laughs> it's, 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 it is an art and it is a skill. And, and one would argue that the earlier that you do this, then I would say that the impact is less. Yes, at a younger age, you're going to have some kids that are 50 pounds compared to 75 pounds, even more in puberty, 12, 13-year-olds. You're going to have some six-foot Newtons out there, 100 pounds, taking on some 70-pound guys. But I would argue that's way less dangerous than getting into pros and having 220-pound men smashing you like Luke Hughes just got smashed. He got sent to Jupiter on that hit. I'm surprised <laughs> he came back, honestly. Yeah, so... It's, 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 to me, it's, it's a non-negotiable. And I even heard the suggestion, well, once they get pro, then you could start doing these hitting camps with them. I'm like, no, that's not the way it works. You learn as a young kid to be aware on the ice. You learn as a young kid that when you make this play along the boards as a winger receiving the buck, you better be ready for hit. You learn as a kid when the puck gets dumped into your corner and your defenseman going to get it, you have a head on a swivel, you take it on an angle and you're going to get hit. Be ready to make the play and prepare yourself and brace for a hit. And to me, it just seems unacceptable that these pro players are getting friggin' lit up left, right, and center. There's more hits from behind that I saw this week watching highlights than I've seen in my whole minor hockey career. Because yeah. guys are not protecting themselves. They think, oh, I can dipsy doodle. I can spin. I can turn my back to the play. I can do these fancy plays and nobody will touch me. And guess what? somebody's friggin' hammering you and you're not ready. You're not balanced. You're not expecting it. And it's unfortunate because somebody's going to get hurt real bad. So it's, it's really a shame that this con this is even a conversation. I agree with torts 1000%. I think that hitting should be in incorporated in competitive hockey at an early age. Why 10, 11, 12. I think that's very reasonable. And I think it's super important for them to learn just like stick handling, just like shooting. It's a super important skill and an asset. To be a good hitter and to cut guys off in the play and to shut things down as a big defenseman, to be an intimidating force as a defenseman, is super important skill and asset. Yeah, they got to get That's the it. stop signs back. You remember the stop oh, signs on yeah, the back the of the jerseys? Sign. 
<laughs> but yeah. uh, just to go back, yeah, I remember doing these uh, <clears throat> these hitting clinics, and they'd run you through the gauntlet where you just had to skate yeah, on the, the gauntlet. And there was like fifteen guys that were just trying to blow you up. Um, but yeah, like you said, it's it's a super important skill to learn. And I remember even just playing junior B as a smaller young guy at fifteen years old playing against men. That was a good opportunity for me to learn how to use my body and to learn how to be in spaces where it's like, okay, yeah, I'm a weaker play out there. I'm going to get hit hard. But if you're in the right positions and you're bracing yourself, yeah, you're going to get still going to get obliterated, but you're not going to get injured, right? It's about protecting yourself. Um, yeah. Yeah. And I learned yeah, the hard way too. I remember in minor hockey, I think I was like 15. They were, we were winning or no, we were losing. We were getting shit canned by like five or six goals. It was a third period. There was like two or three minutes left and there was a play. And I kind of went like nonchalant to go pick it up. And a guy absolutely drilled me from behind. And I was about six feet from the boards. And he hit me so hard that my stick went into the boards and speared myself in the gut. And as it speared me in the gut, I folded forward and snapped my neck back against the boards, like up. So I got the double whammy. And like, I learned like, man, you can't, you can never let up on a play. And when I saw Luke Hughes, you said it perfectly. He let up on a play. He wasn't expecting it and lesson learned, I hope. Yeah. Unfortunately, they don't teach you at the clinics what to do when your uh, defenseman uses you at, at, for a 50 yard field goal. Um, they don't, <laughs> they don't really, they don't teach you where you're supposed to position yourself for a goal celebration so that your fucking defensive D just doesn't come down and boot you in the stomach. Um, so I unfortunately didn't get the memo on that one, but, uh, yeah, I think lesson to everybody protect yourselves. Well, and you know what? There's always going to be goons out there and that leads us into our next segment. Nice. Rate, good segue. rate the goon. Da, da, like D A da goon. Rate the goon. Nothing like a little eye of the tiger to get you fired up for rate the goon. So here's the rules here, Bobs. I've sent you a couple clips, a couple scenarios that, like I just mentioned, happened this week. And what you're going to do on a scale of 1 to 10, you're going to rate the goon. So obviously 10 would be absolute Marty McSorley, Donald Brashear type stuff. And, and 1 would be Wayne Gretzky going into the corners, okay? So here's the first person we have. We're going to have a double whammy here because I want to talk about this Detroit Ottawa scenario with Dylan Larkin. And I'm going to first out say it. I was watching that live and I was spooked out and I was worried and I was concerned and I was super glad all at the same time that Larkin got back up from that scenario because it was super scary and nobody, nobody who cares what fan you are, a hockey person, a non-hockey person, nobody wants to see that happen. So hopefully he's feeling better. Apparently he's going to be back in the lineup soon, but that was scary first and foremost. But we had two plays here. So we had Matthew Joseph, who was battling with Larkin in front of the net, and there's people online. Again, I'm on the Twitterverse now. I would read this stuff. Keyboard warriors, I like to call them. They're, they're basically saying that Matthew Joseph should be suspended for what he did. And to describe it, in my opinion, I've watched a clip probably 15 times. He was trying to get to the point, trying to battle with Larkin, gave him a high shove. I'm not going to disagree with that. The shove was very high. I don't even know if he hit, made contact with the head per se, but he definitely spun his top left shoulder and rotated him to the right in a downward motion. So he definitely pushed him 
up and down type thing. Um, and and some people believe that that's a reason for the knockout of Dylan Larkin, and some people don't. So let's look at Matthew Joseph. Rate my goon. Rate the goon. What would you give him out of 10 on that play? I'm giving him the Wayne Glensky in the corner. That's a one. Uh, <laughs> I mean, listen, the outcome, like you said, nobody wants to see that. But what's actually funny is I had to watch the clip a couple times from some angles. The first two angles I saw, I'm like, holy shit, he cross-checks him right in the neck. Like, this is bad. And then I saw the other angle where you actually see face. And he sho- his stick never makes contact. It's a shove glove to the head. And actually, and I'm about 90% sure of this, it's actually Parker Kelly who comes in late, who catches him right on the button, right in the chin. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's, and it's not... Right uh, in the jaw. Right, right in the jaw, and he, you could tell he got him right in the sweet spot. That's what's not, what knocked him out. I don't think Joseph had anything to do with Larkin getting knocked out, other than the fact that he did propel him, like you said, downwards. And Parker Kelly is just back-checking towards the net, as you would be doing on a PK. You're collapsing to the zone. You don't want to let Larkin or anybody in front get to those loose pucks. And he just, you see, accidentally gets his, whether it's elbow or glove or hand, right in that sweet spot and knocks Larkin right out. So to me, Matthew Joseph gets the one, even the zero. I don't see it as being a dirty play at all. I think that actually happens all the time throughout a game. Um, and and yeah, actually it was Parker Kelly who accidentally knocks him out, in my opinion. Now I, I'm happy to hear from you or, or from anybody else. No, I'm giving, it, I'm giving it a soft two. And the reason why it's a soft two is because I heard on the hot mic that Matthew Joseph, as he was doing that, he said, remember when you closed my line, me motherfucker? So that's going yeah. back to last year. So uh, I'm giving him the soft two because there might have been some intent there. Um, but no, seriously, uh, again, it, it, it's one of those plays that un- the, the outcome is unfortunate. And, and I've been telling people, if Dylan Larkin didn't get knocked out on that play, would there have been two penalties for the Sens? They actually gave Parker Tal- Kelly a two, and they gave Matthew Joseph a two-minute penalty minor on that play. And I would argue that that would be a non-call play. Like, there's not really a penalty there. Yes, they had to give a penalty because of the circumstance, but to me, there was nothing in the rule book that you could say, oh, that's what he did as and, and deserved a penalty. So soft two for me in terms of Matthew Joseph. Now let's move over think, to uh, David... Do you think Magoo gives Larkin a dive? <laughs> yeah. Magoo, Magoo gives him a coincidental with Parker Kelly for the dive. Yeah. Get Magoo. them both out. They have, they have full benches. And, and cage visor out there trying to make the, trying to go in the scrum, trying to decide what penalty to give those guys. Yeah. Embellishment to Larkin. Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> uh, David Perron uh, on the other end of the spectrum though, this guy, you could see the wires crossed. David Prawn's done some pretty messed up stuff in the NHL. He's no saint. He turns around. He sees the first guy near Dylan Larkin and gives him the lumber to the chicklets. And there was an intent of lumber. There was a full force. David Prawn is not a big guy. Artem Zub is not really a big guy, but a bigger guy. And you can see that stick going right in the chicklets. Could have buckled them too. We could have had two people knocked out there. What do you think about David Perron? Right, Dagoon. Yeah, uh, that's got to be a, a six or a seven. That that was malicious. Uh, it's actually poor Zub because it wasn't even him. Uh, but David Perron has that tinted visor. So I think he just couldn't really see shit out there. He's got the tinted visor. He just turned, <laughs> saw Zub over top of Larkin. And like you said, the wires crossed. That was a dangerous cross check. I think that's one of the most dangerous things you can do is get the stick up to somebody's teeth 
Um, I'm giving it a seven. That's pretty malicious. Uh, like yeah. I said, poor, poor Zub just being in the wrong spot. Being like, what the fuck did I do? Well, you and know? that's the worst part is Zub is actually standing there and you can see he's trying to crowd control. He's literally like calling out the, the, the people to come out on the ice, the, the medics and the trainers to come out. And he's trying to like make sure nobody steps on, on Larkin. And he actually sees David Perron coming. Like if you watch a clip, he braces himself to take a hit. Like it looks like Perron's going to cross check him in the arm. But he goes straight headshot, baby, Call of Duty style. To me, that's a, that's an easy nine. And it actually just came out a couple hours ago. He got a six-game sussy. And to me, I would argue if Zub is knocked out from that, if Zub doesn't get up from that, if Zub is in concussion protocol, that's 20 games. And that's what drives me absolutely nuts with the NHL. It's always outcome-based suspension. I don't know why they're not judging the intent Right. If you're looking at the Matthew Joseph thing, what is the intent? Is he intending to try and knock him out? I think most people would argue that no, Parker Kelly and Matthew Joseph were not trying to. But if you look at David Prawn, there's clear intent for one, retaliation, right? Which is a huge no-no they're trying to get out of the game. And two, intent to injure. He's literally trying to take this guy's head off. So to me, that's a nine. To me, the suspension is not Six games is not enough for me. He literally got a freebie to get a cross check. Imagine if that was McJesus. Somebody did that to McJesus. What what would people do? Right? Like if I'm if I'm a fourth line player and I said and and I saw that and I said, wow, I can go up to the best player in the league and cross check him in the face after the whistle with a six game suspension and no fine. Sign me up. Like, I mean, it's ridiculous. It's absolutely ridiculous, in my opinion. That's that's a 10. I'm going to change my score to a 10. <laughs> yeah, pretty wild. Actually, a wild play. It is wild. Okay, another two-timer. So this happened in Columbus and Florida the other day. Florida's been involved in a lot of shit really recently, man. They've, they've been in a lot of scrums and fights and 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 extracurriculars. And Nick Cousins hasn't been, uh, again, hasn't been shying away from the extracurriculars. He's Usually his nose is in the mix there. And he starts it off with big boy Good Branson, friend of the pod. And first of all, Good Branson is a beast. So you have to have cojones if you're going to do that. And just to give you a little bit of premise, again, one of those plays where the defense is going to chase the puck into the back of the zone. Nick Cousins is right on his tail, back, like forechecking hard on him. And Good Branson's back turned to him. And Good Branson shovels the puck on his backhand behind the net. And Nick Cousins shoves him right in the back. And when I mean right in the back, like sends him into the boards. When I saw it the first time, I actually showed Judy. Her reaction was what she used to do when we were on the ice. When we got hit, she'd go, ah! You know, she like spooked out. And I was the same way. I couldn't believe that that, the outcome of that could have been a broken neck. Plain and simple. And I was couldn't believe that the outcome was only a little cut on the nose. And what's even greater about that whole situation is Good Branson goes down and it's almost like people have been saying it's like the Undertaker waking up because he's down, he's down, he's down, and then the scrum. And then out of nowhere, he resurrects and starts pounding the wheels out of Nick Cousins. So anyways, I've talked a lot about this situation already. I'm going to just give it a score because I've already talked about it so much. For me, that's an eight. That's a defenseman that's in a, like, a uh, what do you call it? A position, not a pro. Uh, uh, Jesus. A vulnerable position. That is the one. Merci beaucoup, Alex. All right. Position. And if a big boy like Good Branson can't keep his balance to a shove like that and he goes head first into the boards, that's got to be a sussy in my mind. 
So I'm giving it a eight. Yeah, that was wild. Um, a, a good Branson's a fucking menace. Like that guy is actually like, yeah, wild, wild, wild. Uh, dangerous hit. Just and based on the speed, like these guys were, he was flying. Like you said, he was in that four foot, five foot area. And if if you're going to be able to get that guy off his feet like he did, you know it's a dangerous play. Especially a veteran like Good Branson, who actually we talked about knowing how to get hit. This guy's been delivering hits and taking hits for years. Um, just obviously wasn't expecting that one because it's a it's a really dirty play. I'm going, I'm going seven as well. I'm going to match that. Um, like you said, it's kind of outcome based sometimes when you're thinking about it. The fact that Branson came up and just wanted to pump his face in, um, that's not a guy I want to mess with. I mean, are we going to talk about the second incident as well? Yeah, are we are. And I was going to finish off with they gave an interview to Branson. I actually sent you a message right before the pod, and his thing was. He's apparently still fuming. Apparently he was in his hallway of his house pacing back and forth and still pissed off about the whole situation. And his argument was, I'm just happy that I can still walk. He literally quoted himself saying that. And then he followed it up by saying, like, my kids are 85 feet away watching dad go into the boards like that head first. So to me, yeah, super dangerous play. Again, an unnecessary play is probably another word of putting it. That hit was a non-factor. The puck was already gone. You didn't even need to make a check on that guy. So super dangerous, super risky. And again, good Branson's pissed. Undertaker style comes back to life. And then he pulls another WWE wrestling. Move. Because was that a Nick suplex? Cousins, it was a suplex. Nick Cousins <laughs> had a five minute and they actually changed it to a two minute. They, they were going to toss him at first. So even after review, the referees, again, like it's mind boggling. How Mr. Magoo, again, was probably refing this game. How is this guy still in the game? That's a clear short bodies. Short bodies. God, it's embarrassing. The league's a joke. Anyways, so he he comes down the wing and Good Branson is playing D one on one and he wraps him up around the neck, slams him to the ice, and he fed Nick Cousins probably ten bombs. Nick Cousins looked like Claude Lemieux in nineteen ninety seven, turtling for his life, holding on for dear life, and he turtled. He flat out went to the ice, covered his head, didn't want any part of it, didn't even want to man up and fight him, and and Branson dropped bombs. Now, he got a one-game suspension from it, and he took it on the chin. He's like, hey, it is what it is. I'm going to take the one-game suspension. I took matters into my own hands. Uh, what do you th- think about the retaliation, the response by Mr. Goodbranson? I mean, listen, do you want to say it's warranted? Of course not. But like you said, he took it into his own hands. I just would love to see, I'd just be a fly on the wall or be able to hear Branson's thoughts for the next three minutes when he's sitting on the bench waiting for Cousins to come out. Oh, like, yeah. what, is he, what is he saying to himself? He must have been so riled up being be like, oh, if this guy touches the puck, he's a dead man. He's a dead man. He didn't ask him to fight. He didn't go after him. He gave him no choice. He said, hey, I, you're getting RKO'd. And then when you're down on the ice, my gloves are gone and you're getting fed. That's just how it's going to go. There's no other options here. I think that's, man, friend of the pot. I got to give that an eight out of 10. That was wild. It kind of gave me, and and it's a little bit scary. Like it kind of gave me those Bertuzzi vibes. Mm, Uh, Yeah. You know, that quick sucker punch and you see what can happen to a guy like Larkin. If you just, if you hit him in the sweet spot when a guy's maybe not braced for it or expecting it. Um, I think Cousins is lucky that he's okay oh, to quote-unquote already. You know? He got right in the turtle right away, man, because Branson was throwing bombs. Bombs. Yeah. 
there was some there was some anger in those punches that's for sure again i agree i give it a i get a seven a seven and a half again i'd probably rate it more if there wasn't that that extenuating circumstances but this is like men's league it's so weird but you toss nick cousins from that game it negates this whole situation right now you have two teams are pissed off you have a guy that's pissed off that he just got freaking dummied from behind and he got a two minute penalty again Okay, let's go cross check Mitch Jesus from behind into the boards and take a two. Like it's just ridiculous, man. And they even reviewed it. They reviewed yeah. it. I, anyway, at I least I don't at, know. At least Gabranson's kids were 85 feet away to see him absolutely pump a guy who's turtled <laughs> on the ice. You know, you know what the other thing that was interesting going back to Matthew Joseph. Yeah. Matthew Joseph, though, is Mark Mathod, I saw a tweet, tweeted out Tim Peel, who was the old ref. And he basically said, hey, like, my opinion is that Matthew Joseph didn't do anything. And then Tim Peel is basically saying, no, he did you not see him cross-check him? It was like the reply. I'm like, oh, my gosh. It's such a yeah, divide online. It all depends it on where you stand. It's so And bad. it's an angles thing. Like I said, when I first saw it, the first two angles I saw were looked bad on Joseph. Yeah. And then the next one that I saw was like completely changed my mind. So I guess it's all about perspective with these kind of things. But either way. It is. It is. Okay, and then last but not least, rate Dagoon. We have Ryan Strom on, on Kyle Connor. That happened last night. Kyle Connor is going to be out for some time. And classic knee on knee. Kyle Connor coming from the left hand side. He's trying to cut towards the middle of the net and take a shot. And Ryan Strom's actually coming from the opposite direction and trying to defend Kyle Connor. And they clip each other knee on knee. Kyle Connor does the spinorama pirouette around uh, Ryan Strom down on the ice. Definitely a, an MCL, ACL, maybe PCL, maybe a whole reconstructive surgery. I don't know. I'm speculating. What is your rate, Dagoon, Ryan Strom on the knee? I feel like Kyle Connor has like the skinniest legs too. I don't know why I'm thinking that. Like I just picture <laughs> what Kyle beans. Connor, yeah, what his like kneecap looks like. Just like this, just like orange hair, like just these skinny freckle legs. Um, just not a guy that you could, you think could take one of these knees on knees. Uh, yeah, six to eight weeks they're saying for him. And what's funny is I, these are the ones that as a hockey player, I completely like you get that cringe and you hate to see, I'd rather get blown up from behind than to take a hit like this. Mm-hmm. I, and me personally, and I've, I injured my knee when I was in France and it was, man, it's not fun. You see a hit like that, you know, that this guy's knee is not going to be the same for the rest of his career. Like this guy's going to be wearing a knee brace. It's annoying. It sucks. You're preaching um, to the choir, buddy. I've been saying that's why I haven't been drafted. Is that knee? That knee injury. That's why you got. That's why you got West. caught on a breakaway. That's why you yeah, got caught right. on a breakaway. That's right. I'm on one had, leg. Yeah, and because you got a rusty Don Joy. That's fucking. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it doesn't. It doesn't. It doesn't extend anymore. No, so there's no it, support there. No. Yeah. Exactly. So oh, there you go. Man. But but to me, uh, that's a dirty hit. Now, does it have the same intent and, and maliciousness as like the Perron? No. I think it sits at a, a six because, again, I hate as a player seeing that um, six to eight weeks. That's brutal. Yeah. Uh, a five, and, and, a five and you know what? Me. Good for Strom for, for dropping the gloves. And, and... He speed bagged Mark Stone, uh, Mark Shifley. That's what I was actually yeah. about to say. I was going to give it a six, but he speed bagged Mark Shifley, so I respect him more. So I give him a five. But, yeah, he uh, actually did. Do you think Mark Shifley was just like taking punches, being like, "Frick, oh frick, oh frick, <laughs> this freaking hurts. Frick. This is oh, freaking no fun. Take hitting out of the game. This guy's freaking tough." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fucking bird. Um, but yeah, I agree. And and I watch it a couple times too. And it's one of those unfortunate outcomes. 
I, I based on what I saw, it didn't look like Ryan Strom stuck out his leg. We've seen that a couple times where a guy's about to burn you, so you you extend the leg a little bit to make it make it a little bit more of a trip. Seemed to me like it was just a bad angle he took. It was a quick move. Kyle Connor didn't really see him. Tried to get out of the way. Clip knees. But yeah, you hate to see those. Those are sometimes career enders, man. Those are sometimes season enders in the middle, in in the very least. And uh, I'd hate to see that for these Winnipeg Jets because they're cooking and they have a good chance to to have a good little run this year. So yeah, there we you go. Think of, of of Strom too. Like it's dangerous for him, right? Yeah. Like he doesn't want to get a knee on knee either. Like mm. he could very easily been just as hurt. So yeah, man. Anyways, wrap it up. Wrap her up with our fan shout out. And for me, it's going to be my boy, Jay Renz. He's a certified beauty. He's been carrying me in the new Call of Duty because I stink. I'm rusty. And he's just been listening to all the pods. So this one's for you, Mr. Jay Renz. You have a shout out for us, to us, for us today, Wavs? You know what? I don't want to take anything away from Jay Renz because he's been in our in our corner the whole way. He, I, I get the random text from Jay Renz. Like he just like been keeping track of stats and stuff. So just down the earth guy, Jay Renz, fire me up. Hey, so, there we go. I, and then last but not least, we have to do the social media plug. We need some likes. We need some followers. We need some Twitter handle looker uppers. I don't know what the hell it's called. But yeah, we're on the Spotify now. I'm transitioning over to the Apple Music at the request of some people. If you can throw that little five stars on there so that I don't have to go into your account like I did with my mom and throw the five star on us by 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 myself, that'd be great. A couple follows. We're trying to do some new content. We had the Average Joes versus the Fantasy Pros. We have the Gillies Picks coming at you. We're going to be throwing in some more Abe Wav's action Japan update. And we're also going to get some more interviews over the Christmas break. So we'd really love your support on Twitter. At you and you hockey pod. We've been throwing up some mini clips there. So anything that can help, that would be great. Was that was wow. that a little was that was that like kind of yeah, baggy? Was that like begging you, a little bit? Like you sound desperate? like a yeah, you sound like a boomer, but you oh, did no. you did pretty good. We we do need it. We do need the help. Yeah. <laughs> Times are tough. Gotta, yeah, got to pay the bills, got to buy a new Don Joy, got to feed the child. <laughs> right now, you know what my dagger is, okay? I went into Black Friday to buy sticks. Now, I've stashed six sticks from, from back in the day. You know, the goal are you days. You'd swap them out. But I'm running low on inventory. And I went in to go buy one of the sticks I've been using for six years. And guess what? I didn't recognize a damn thing. So what do you think that I did when I was at Hool Sports the other day? I went right to the clearance rack. And you know what I did at the clearance rack? I looked for a stick that was 50% off and I was fired up. But what's 50% off of a $425 stick, Alex? That's fucking crazy. It's crazy. My 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 jaw dropped. I couldn't believe how expensive these sticks were. Like Even with the discounts, I'm like, there's no way I'm paying this. You know what the other dagger part is? You know you're a boomer. I was looking for the P90 curve and I have no idea what the equivalent of the P90 curve is in any other brand. So I had literally, I you can ask the guy that works there. I had three sticks that had three different curves and I was doing like on the ground, up in the air, on the ground, <laughs> up in the air, comparing. Then I'm like, I can't see the difference. So I'm going to swap them around. So I'm going to move the one that's on the far left. I'm going to move it to the middle and then shuffle them all over up in the air, down on the ground. I'm like, dude, 
I am a complete lost puppy with the new gear, the new tech, the new equipment. I have no friggin' clue. It's actually so unlucky to think that like you have a pro brother who plays <laughs> or a brother oh, that plays pro hockey. Bounce. What a tough bounce that you're right-handed and I'm left-handed. Um, because I mean, listen, I've got tons of sticks at home. I've got well, like ten, to fifteen place, sticks. I might consider the swap. I mean, my hands are <laughs> trash, anyways. At this point, I can't, I can't get a shot off on a breakaway. So what the hell? Who cares? Yeah, you might as well. Actually, one of my the funniest thing. Well, I actually screwed myself because last year we didn't have a skill saw. Like one of those. Is that what that's called? The skill saws that you like? The miter saw. Yeah. The miter yeah. saw. The chop saw. Yeah. They 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 only had like the hand saw. Mm-hmm. So I just said at the start of the year, I said, fuck it. I'm not cutting my stick anymore. So I just, <laughs> I just started using a stick that was three inches too big for me. And I just said, uh, yeah, I'm going to get used to this. So at the start of the year, I couldn't stick handle pucks in my feet just weren't happening. My lie was way off and I just got used to it. So now, oh, no. which is unbelievable. I know, but it's incredible. So even this year, I don't cut my sticks. So I just get them and I could tape them right away. It saves you so much trouble. Yeah, that's a like good transition. Stick and, then, and then it's crooked, blah, blah, blah. But now I'm thinking that all my sticks back home are cut. Yes. From the years prior. So I'm going to have yes. to get some sort of extension or, or get used to it again. Maybe or when I retire, them. I'll say, fuck it. Or yeah, sell true. them. Yeah, it, it's crazy. It, it, it's gotten way 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 too out of hand and then the other thing that kind of threw me off is everything's 75 flex now 75 flex used to be intermediate so i'm i'm at sport check bending these things they're absolutely going down like a wet rigatoni noodle i'm like dude i'm gonna be snapping around a puck with a 75 flex i'm gonna i'm gonna split this thing in two and two games so anyways i i'm i'm struggling right now so if you have like it's, a, it's the new era. I'm I'm a 75 flex. I know it's the new era. I I don't know. I can't get. It's the way you now. shoot. It's, you got to shoot like it's all about the release now, right? Like oh, I use man. 75 flex stick. I can't win a face off from. Oh, I can here because the other guys are fucking. They're using 55 flex. But like I remember last year in Poland, like some guy, if he went in hard to my stick, my stick would just like give out. <laughs> it's just like, yeah, you're not winning this puck, buddy. Oh but, man, we digress. Yeah. We digress. We do digress. Hey, Alex, we said we were going to do 45 minutes today, buddy. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you took, yeah, true. We hummed, but so much to talk about. Yeah. It's nice chatting with you, buddy. It's nice to do these. Yeah, it is. Always nice to catch up. We don't have to deal with Gillum shit, too, which is fucking Yeah, that's nice. true. That guy yeah. off his rocker. But yeah, I, I'm like I'm like exhausted. It's like 11 p.m. and I've been on dad duty all night, so I've had to like cook and clean and go pick up the baby and bring her to swimming lessons. So I am exhausted. Uh, but this was absolutely a, a pleasure, buddy. Jay Ren, shout out everybody else. Give us the five stars, please, and thank you. Enjoy the rest of your week, and we'll catch up with you soon. Peace, my brother. Peace. Talking